Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Vegas Golden Knights led goaltender Mark andre Fleury. Yeah, I think we, we picked up some uh, some good players, and uh, but a lot of draft picks also with it, you know. So um, I'm really excited about about it, and looking forward to uh, getting started. Yeah, I think that um, you know he's going to be so important for their team. I think with his experience and um, you know the kind of person that he is, and I think that um, I'm sure it hasn't been you know an easy couple of years being in that situation, but. You know, I think sometimes you forget how difficult it is just because he handles it so well. So um, I know he's excited uh, for the opportunity, and I think the experience he has is going to go a long way with, with helping the team here, and um, he really couldn't get a better guy to do it. And the Hart Memorial Trophy goes to Mike Plager from the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid. Yes. and Sidney Crosby. 2-0 to Santana. Hit in the air, right field. This is trouble if it's fair. It is a fair ball. It's gone. Brewers take the lead. It's 4-3. Time for Saverin on Sports. Well, we knew Mark Andre Flory was already gone well before the award show began, and I'm not sure which convoluted which. Did the awards convolute the? expansion draft or the expansion draft convolute the awards could have been done on separate nights be that as it may we knew based on our picture from our friend captain tim from southwest airlines that the flower was going to be in vegas and we knew why he was going to be in vegas and naturally people are sad and he was adored here but i also think it's worth mentioning that despite the great legacy that he leaves behind, there are some out there, and you may be listening, maybe not, not that you're wrong or right, but there are an awful lot of people who are lamenting the departure of Marc-Andre Fleury who wanted exactly that to happen on a number of occasions over the last five, six years, blaming him for not just his play, but the team's poor play in the playoffs. And whether that's right or wrong, those crying big crocodile tears to water their flowers, there's a bit of hypocrisy in revisionist history going on around here. Interesting that the Penguins gave Vegas a second-round pick in 2020. 
2020. Is that still an ABC show? They still call it that? I don't know. 2020 is almost here. Are you kidding? Now, we understand that that looks like it was an inducement for Vegas to ensure that they would take Flurry. The investment there is a second-rounder for nearly $6 million in salary cap room. But is something else about to happen? Is there more there, there than just a second-round pick to make sure Flurry was taken? Vegas did it with other teams. We're going to talk about all that. In addition, the Pirate bullpen implodes again. It has now cost them four games in the last two weeks. Even half those games, their position would be so much better. They have one, one reliable arm in the bullpen, and you can't use him every game. What to do about that? Well, we'll talk about that with Guy Junker. It's Stan and Guy Day. Stan and Guy Day. From noon until 1, talk about the Penguins, the awards, Flurry, fans' reaction with Guy. And then at 1 o'clock, Rob King of Root Sports will join us. Pirates play 210 today in Milwaukee. Still with an opportunity to take three out of four, but we talked about their viability. If that bullpen continues like that, there's no viability. That's all ahead on Savernon Sports. Here you get involved, 412-922-2874, pound 970. Email Stan Saverin at iHeartMedia.com. Facebook, Savernon Sports. Twitter, at Stan. Love the show. Speaking of which, it's Stan and Guy time. Love the show on Savernon Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. He's been known to plant a horse head or two in his day. It's the Godfather, Stan Sabrin, 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. Stan and Guy, hey, love the show, dude. That's absolutely right. It's Stan and Guy back together again. Here's Stan Sabrin and Guy Junker. Yes, sir, it's Stan and Guy Day today here on Sabrin on Sports. And Stan and Guy brought to you by McDonald's. That's right. Enjoy the choice with McDonald's McPick 2 for $5 menu. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, we knew he was going to go. There was an early reporting guy that the Penguins knew a long time ago, and they insured the deal. Vegas did that a lot. You, know, you look at some of the people, they take. why would they take him? Well, because they worked out a deal uh, to take salary cap money. Uh, you know, there are younger goaltenders. Fleury costs a lot. Um, I was a little bit surprised that it was that high, a second-round yeah. pick. The reporting is that this was done back in February when Fleury agreed to waive the no trade and that the deal was consummated then. Um, were you a little surprised that it was that high that you'd have to give Vegas that? Um, that? That's a big chunk of salary cap for them to take, although he gives them instant credibility and stability. But does it make you, knowing Jim Rutherford, there might be something else, like a guy maybe that Vegas drafted, that could be traded back to the Penguins, like Derek Englund. I hadn't thought of that, but that 
that could be good for future considerations. I was surprised it was a number two. Uh, it seems like it's so far down the road, but about 2020 is about when they're going to start needing number two picks uh, <laughs> once again. Uh, Jim Rutherford said from the very beginning, Stan, I remember when the rules for the expansion draft were first announced and the choices that you had, whether you took all skaters or whether you divided it into uh, defensemen and forwards, the, I remember the first time I talked to him after that, he was he said, D- "You can make a deal with the with the team, send them some. You'll give them such and such a player if they don't take such and such a guy." So I thought all along there would be some kind of I don't want to call it backdoor because tons of teams did it, but I thought he seemed a lot more confident that they weren't going to lose somebody that they didn't want to than I think most fans were. Um, Which is why they went to Florian and said, look, if you waive the no trade, we can keep you for the rest of the year. Yeah, get a chance to win. And it worked out well. It worked out because if you don't get get taken by Vegas, we're going to have to trade you anyway. Yeah, and and look, I I love the guy, personally and professionally, but there's a little too much, for my taste, uh, sentimentality here, and and that's professional sports today. The guy was here 14 years. If he if his contract was up and he got eight million to go play somewhere else and just left on his own, you know, uh, would people feel differently about it? it? It didn't work. It wasn't a nice way that it finished here. He lost his job last year because of injury. Murray probably developed a little bit sooner than people thought he would to be able to step right in and win two Stanley Cups back-to-back. And then this year, at least he was able to come in, be more than a significant part of a champ. He goes out as a champion, and now he gets a chance to start, be the main star uh, on a brand-new team, and that's not a bad way to go. I mean, yeah, what I what I like to see him here. The somebody that nobody talks about that really got thrown out with the bathwater to me is Mike Bales. The guy did a good job as the goalie coach and and working with both of these guys. And I remember doing a piece on him last year at Madison Square Garden when you know talking about both goalies. But because he was more of a flurry guy and Murray likes working with this Buckley. Is it Buckley or Buck Lou? Buckley. Buckley. Mike Buckley. Bales gets called in the day after the parade. We're letting you go. There's a guy well, you should... got, he, he was going to get demoted. Yeah. He was going to take the position that Buckley had as development goaltender coach, which meant working in the minors with, you know, uh, Jari and, you know, and guys that they had uh, in but the system. But if you spend four years working in the NHL and you right, win cups no two of the four years, that there's a guy that got screwed, in my opinion. Yeah, well, he ends up in Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, working for Ron Francis. But, no, I mean, I think there's so much about him. It was about, it was about Murray's relationship with, with Buckley, which was tantamount to Flurry's relationship with Bales. Let's remember that Bales came in at a time when Flurry was mandated by Ray Shiro to go see a sports psychologist, and they brought in Bales to try to help him, yeah, with some technical issues, but with a mental approach to the game. No, there's the other. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Part of it, too. There are a lot of fans out there that now are, are, are wailing about Flurry leaving that maybe four years ago were screaming about his playoff no performances. Doubt. So That's what I wanted to bring up. And, and um, 
Um, you know, some people are. Re- I, I, you know, I, I put that out there, um, and I'm not going to deny anyone's sincerity. Uh, you know, about liking the guy and and, and so on and so forth. No, uh, when people stand staying in line 24 hours. To, to meet and greet him yep. at Dick's Sport. I mean, the, the, the feelings are real, I think, now, but I think a lot of them have changed in the last couple of years because of the overall team success and because I'm not quite so sure that even three or four years ago the community realized what a great guy he was. That just is cont- his, his ability to handle a crappy situation and make uh, lemonade out of lemons the last two years, I think has endeared him to even more people than ever before the first 10, 12 years. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, you know, his personality has expanded beyond the hardcore hockey fan. Um, Caulfield's cat tweets, and he's got a series here. He says, I'm for, I, I, for one, am not sad. Murray is simply the better goaltender. Statistics and the eye test bear that out. The flower was bad in 11 and awful in 12, et cetera. Um, the, I think people mostly remember the Flyer series. Yeah, I mean they, but the whole team melted down. The there. whole team melted down. But also, uh, let's remember, um, and this is not to trash his legacy and you know kick him while he's not here anymore. Not at all. But remember, he had to be replaced by Vokun, uh in the Columbus series. Um, but also, by the same token, I think a lot of fans blamed him for the team's failures. For example, in the Boston series. Well, guess what? They scored two goals in the entire four-game series. Yeah. Uh, not, now, one game they got blasted, but, but even so. And then in the Rangers series, the four games they lost when they lost in five, not the one where they had the 3-1 lead, but the series where they lost in five to the Rangers, they lost, the four games they lost, everyone was 2-1. to one. Yeah. Not the goaltender's fault. No. So I think that there was a – just remember, whether you think it was justified um, uh, or not, uh, the, the truth of the matter is that there was a faction of people who wanted him out. Um, at Caulfield's cat, I responded by saying, you know, it takes more than one guy to win a cup, which Mark won one, although he won one and a half, because without him, they don't win this one back-to-back. I think we can all agree on that after Murray tore the hamstring. Um, he goes on and says, being a nice guy does not equate to a championship. If they did, he'd have more than one cup as a starting goaler, to which I replied, it takes more than one. And he responded, absolutely correct. But listening to Flurry supporters the last few days, you would think he won all three by himself. Right, and that's fair. That's yeah, that's what I'm, I'm. I feel bad that I'm I'm kind of being uh, the devil's advocate here. I, I just I just had a little bit of too much of the hand wringing and the even in my own household. Oh, watching last night, you know, oh, it's so sad. And you know, what's sad. The Brian Bickle story is sad. They're yeah, sad. Right, right. It's it's different. And, and let's let's remember. Um, that if that if there had not been an expansion team this year, <clears throat> let's say there wasn't one, or there were going to be two, which they also talked about. Remember, two next year. Mark Andre Fleury was not going to be on this hockey club in 2017, 2018. As a matter of fact, without the expansion drafts, entirely possible he would have been dealt at the deadline, which might have been disastrous. Yeah. That, that that's probably is what would have happened, and then then you and Ed Tristan Jari, but they probably would have lost in the first round. Well, this this goes not some... knocking him. Just he doesn't have the experience. You, you no. wouldn't think. And um, but let's a... remember last you know last year uh, in in sixteen, the starting goaltender in game one was Jeff Zatkoff with Zari on the bench as the backup. Right, right. Yeah, I, look, he'll go down. I guess arguably is the greatest goalie in Penguin history. Uh, most wins, most shutouts. I mean, some might think Barrasso was better. He, 
to me, it's not arguable. He's the most athletic goalie. I remember watching the first practice I ever saw him play. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy this guy is unbelievable with the things he can do. But I think actually that sometimes even worked against him early on because I don't think he was as technically sound at a young age as a lot of goalies are because he didn't have to be. You know, it's like a pitcher that gets away with a bad pitch in the minors. He can't get away with it. The same thing with him. He could he could make up because of his great athletic ability for being out of position and make a save at a lower level. All of a sudden, the NHL, those ones were going past him. But my, my thought on him. Would you consider him the best goalie in their history? Yes. Yeah, I'd, yes. me too. I mean, I, I would. Um, uh, and yeah. I, I try to think, you know, try to think clearly about Barrasso, who just was one of the biggest jerks I've ever met in any sport, and it's so hard to think, to, to judge him on how good he really was. And then you look at Fleury on the other end of the spectrum, and yeah, you tend to overrate him different people. because he's, right. he's such a terrific right. guy. Uh, but I would also say, if we're, if we're making that, uh, if we're having that discussion, you're making that argument, uh, first of all, Barrasso played an entirely different era. I mean, offense was supreme. Yeah, you can't compare goals against average and things like that. I think, like, his, I think his career goals against average was well over three. But, but it was a different game back then. Um, I, I was, and let's remember, how many Hall of Famers on those teams? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the great, not to mention the greatest player I've ever seen, but a little, plenty of talent in this one, too. But I will say this for Barrasso. Whether it was one nothing or 6-5, when it was a big game, he'd find a way to win. And I'll say that. I would also suggest, and this is not an attempt to run down the Marc-Andre Fleury legacy, uh, but I would also remember that even in the cup that he won by himself as a goaltender, in 9 remember, and he, go back to 08 as well, misplaying pucks um, in the, the lively boards, Joe Lewis, remember that? Yep. Um, even in 9 he had to be lifted in Game Five when they got shut out five to nothing, and I've, I felt this way about Sullivan's preference for Matt Murray. Uh, yes, he had him in the minor leagues and so on and so forth, and it wasn't necessarily uh, an anti Mark Andre Fleury bent that Sullivan had, but I believe it stems from this: Mike Sullivan believes that his team is so good that if he plays the way he wants them to play, if they play the way he wants them to play. As he says, play the right way. They're so good that they don't need the spectacular, over-the-top, Marc-Andre Fleury, spectacular nature of play. Now, I'll say this. As great as Mark and Matt Murray is, and he is a great goaltender, Fleury has a higher level, but he's also he's got, got a, a lower, lower floor. His range of performance, while I think crashes through the ceiling when he's spectacular, as you described him, because he's so athletic and acrobatic, he can also go down the other way. Not that eh, Matt Murray can give up bad goals, too, but generally his range of performance is more consistent. And, and I think that's where the coaching, as a coach, you're going to favor. It's not, you know, the coach is going to like one guy or the other, and the team plays differently in front of the two of them. Mike Sullivan believes that this team is calmer and plays differently in front of Murray than they do. And that if they play the way he wants them to play, he doesn't need. He'll take it, but he doesn't need the spectacular, you know, flashy saves. Um, now I'll have to say this: that during this run of the playoffs, I mean, Flurry was both spectacular and steady and steady and that's what made the difference yeah and then there were a couple of there were a couple of performances there that murray had 
that had Flurry had the same thing might have been pulled. I mean, a couple of those games, yep. and, and the, the, the wasn't the amount of goals, but the two losses down in Nashville had people questioning, which I think at that point, as much as we like Flurry, would have been a major mistake to, to make a switch at that stage. But um, they, they are completely different kinds of guys. I just think you should appreciate that he was here as long as he was, 14 years to the date. That I forgot. Actually, forgot his draft was in Nashville. He was yes, drafted that, in Nashville. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 and, and, and I think it's going to. He looked. Now the shots of Haglin and Sid sitting in the crowd. They look like they just got underwear on Christmas morning. Uh, but, but Flurry looked fairly happy, and I think it's going to work out for him. He had uproot the family a little bit, and he seemed fairly comfortable here. His house is up for sale, but he he's going to be a star out there with a brand new team, and and I, you know, he. In the best case scenario, if he stayed here, he was going to play 30 games again, not 65. Well, he didn't want to. So when you think about, oh, it's terrible what happened to him uh, in the long term, of course he doesn't want to leave here. His children were born here. Uh, you know, he, he didn't live here all year round. He lived in Montreal. But be that as it may, um, he, he wasn't going to be happy here as a player. I don't think anybody would who's used to reaching those heights. I do think it's interesting because I, I want to talk about that next. How much did the commercial even help his image? No that, question. What a fantastic commercial Absolutely. that was with the with the diapers and feeding the baby bottle with the water bottle and all that. I mean, his image is just and it wasn't quite that. And one other thing, I'll, I'll go the obvious way. I never thought the save that he made on Lidstrom to end Game Seven in Detroit in '09 ever got to me. The photo of that belongs on the wall with Mazeroski's homer and the immaculate or Santonio Holmes catch in the Super Bowl. I mean, that saved the championship for Pittsburgh. Crosby's hurt. If they tie the game there, you know they're losing in overtime. Yep. That was an unbelievable save. That that photograph in time belongs up there with all the other with the immaculate reception and everything else. I, I totally agree. And, and not far behind, and they're connected, was the save he made on Ovechkin in Game 7 of the second round because you had the feeling if yeah. Ovechkin scores there. Um, all right, we want to talk about – I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I thought – that just looking at Sid and Hangle, and that's a great description. Look like they got underwear at Christmas instead of a toy. <laughs> um, and, and we heard from Sid earlier on. Uh, just talk about the second round pick. Is there something else there? The awards uh, ceremony in general. Uh, by the way, Jason Mackey of the Post Gazette was there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Covering it, uh, he'll be on tomorrow to talk about his experiences in Las Vegas. Um, and I do want to He'll talk be the one wearing a barrel with suspenders when he gets back. I don't think I'm in the post because that's budget. <laughs> That's his own money. Uh, yeah, I think that's his own money. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the Pirates' bullpen, which is difficult to talk about, uh, as difficult as Mark andre Fleury leaving Pittsburgh. That's all ahead. It's Stan and Guy Day on Saverin on Sports.
We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. He gets the best guess because he makes him an offer they can't refuse. Severin on Sports, 970 ESPN, and now on 106.3 FM. Punched into left, base hit. LaStella will score. Bryant racing to the plate. He's in. Still nobody out. Cubs lead 7-4. That was yet another bullpen implosion. We're going to get to that a little bit later on, but we're going to continue uh, right now with the uh, the hockey talk. Scott tweets uh, to both Guy and uh, to me, Marc-Andre Fleury, I love the guy. I hate to see him go, but wasn't all rainbows and unicorns. Uh, it was very difficult. Uh, I, I, I noticed the same thing watching Sid uh, sitting there, shot of Mario. Um, uh, do you think that there is something else with that second-round pick, or was that merely an inducement to make sure you take Fleury? I mean, obviously this roster is going to be uh, restructured, and you can rest assured that Vegas is going to turn around uh, and trade some of those guys. Guy, I counted it up. They took 30 players, right? I think 14 defensemen, uh, which I thought was a lot. Three goaltenders. Uh, doesn't leave much in the room of way of forwards. And a lot of the defensemen, they you can't win negative one 30. to nothing. You know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their a lot of their defensemen were were over 30. Yeah, I think that um, the fact that both of us thought that the two pick was high, and we all, had, you know, Bob McKenzie reported it, and that they were going to send it. For one thing. It makes me feel good for the people that I've argued with that I didn't think it was a slam dunk that Flurry was the guy they were going to take. I mean, when you think about it, the Penguins roster is as deep as anybody's, and there are going to be more attractive players available beyond the guys they can protect than there would be certainly with Colorado or New Jersey or somebody like that. I mean, you'd rather have a Brian Rust than some of the other forwards they took. Absolutely. but And, and but, I think you can get by. You don't have to have a superstar goalie to get by. I mean, you know. Not with an expansion team. No. So I so that that at least makes me feel that I my instincts were right there that they had to make sure that Flurry was the guy they were going to take by giving him a draft pick. But the fact that both of us think that two is awfully high makes me think there could be something another shoe to drop somewhere along the line that maybe the Penguins do end up getting something back, some consideration back in return for 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 that part of the deal. There were a lot of teams, as you saw, had some kind of attachment right after their pick was made. So a lot of people were in the same boat. They wanted to know who they were losing in advance. They didn't want to be surprised at the table last night. And you'd have to think also, uh, the ta- you know, the selection, I mean, for example, uh, Winnipeg, they took Richard Thorburn, um, uh, who was here for a while. He's a good, tough fourth-line guy, and you need good, tough fourth-line guys. But was he the best guy for them to take off the Winnipeg roster? Uh, I look at James Neal. You have to think that, and I, I can't remember if there was a deal attached with that. Um, it's, it's not that Nashville had no use for James Neal, but they obviously thought that there were other players that they did not want to have to expose. Um, plus, they get rid of some serious salary cap room. Well, and he only had one year left on his deal. Right. It was going to be hard to negotiate, and they're so defensive heavy. They had to make sure they protected all of those defensemen. They didn't want to lose any of them, so... Uh, you know that's a, a big reason I think why he became expendable. And let's 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 call a spade a spade here. He's never been the most popular guy wherever he's played. He's got a bit of an abrasive personality, and maybe 
although I did some nice tweets last night, thanking the organization. He wished the, uh, I think the one said, I wish we could have paraded uh, Stanley down Broadway. I'm looking forward to my new opportunity. I mean, he said all the things that were correct, but I'm not so sure that he doesn't wear out his welcome more quickly than some players. So the, I don't want to call it a debate over Mark Andre Fleury. I don't take people at their word and they're sincere, uh, but I also think that uh, there are an awful lot of people uh, who forgot what the narrative was around here, and some of it correct. Uh, Frozen Biscuit tweets us, and he says the haters got what they wish for. They'll be sorry when Murray gets injured next season and some retread has to play goal for us. Well, that's not entirely accurate uh, because he was not going to be here. They just couldn't afford to keep him here, which leads to another question. Um, I've had a lot of people disagree with me. I know that comes as a shock to you, um, but... I think that one of the things that Rutherford's going to be in the market for, and remember, the Vegas Knights took three goaltenders. They had to. That was the rule. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not willing to entrust a backup role, given Murray's history, given any goaltender's history, to Tristan Jari. It's, it's not an issue of whether I think he's a good goaltender or will be. I just Do you want a 22-year-old backing up a 23-year-old? I mean, I kind of think like they may be in the market to bring in a veteran goaltender. Borky was on the show. He said Cam Ward. And, you know, Cam mm. Ward is the basically the third goaltender. He makes a lot of money. He's got one year left on his deal. Um, but I, whether it's him, uh, I, I would think that Rutherford's going to say we need a veteran goaltender to at least give Jari another year to develop. And also, I think there's going to come a time when Jari in this organization is going to become trade capital. Right. Because what, what, he's always going to be a backup to Matt Murray. Yeah, I don't see, mainly for the second reason you gave there, I don't see him being the backup next year. He's not going to play enough, and I don't think they, they think that he's exactly ready yet. Unless they want to back off on how often they use Murray during the regular season. We think of it as like, you know, 60 and 20. Maybe they're thinking 50 and 30. Would that be enough to have a young guy like Jerry around? What he's saying, he started, what, 48, 49 games this year, Murray? I think that's Something what it like was. Something like that. But yeah. remember, he missed the first whatever it was yeah. month, um, you know, because of the broken hand. Yeah. By the way, I, you know, a lot of people say he's injury prone. You, know, you, you, you stop a shot and you break a bone in your hand, that's not being injury prone. Yeah. That just, that's being a goaltender. Well, um, yeah, maybe maybe there's even one of those guys that the, in, in the Vegas mix there that could. And by the way, I, I'm hearing their jerseys getting ripped left and right. I kind of like it. I mean, I didn't like Flurry wearing it, but I, I, th- I think it's kind of a neat. Why logo didn't they? I didn't agree that. Why didn't they like it? Oh, I'm just, I'm just hearing people complain. I mean, I think they're just angry at the whole situation, <laughs> so they're ripping on the, the team's jerseys. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I liked it. A little bit different. Everybody's got black in their jersey somewhere. That one's a little bit different. All right, well, we're going to move on and talk about the Pirates. Yes, it's the law. We have to. Hey, 7 out of 11 is one of the best stretches they've had all year. I know. Could have been 11 out of 11. Uh, Not to be greedy. Uh, Joe tweets, hey, Godfather and Guy, you guys are bang on this morning on the flower. Thank you, Joe. Joe is a a local comedian. Very funny. Oh, hey, Joe. Yeah, good guy. All right. I should be the Godson then, I think. Godfather, Godson. I'm not that much older than you are. <laughs> Godbrother. Yeah, Godbrother. There you go. The, the Godfather and the Godbrother are here. Um, the, the, the Last night is just so indicative, uh, and I don't know that there mm. is an answer, but I do know this. I'll bring out my famous quote. I used it on TV this morning. 
Games like that, it's like eating an anchovy pizza at midnight. You taste it for days. Uh, this is four games now in the last 14 that they had leads, and the bullpen blew it for them. Some, frankly, due to hurdles mismanagement, but last night because they stink. We'll talk about that. Stan and Guy, love the show on Savern on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Stan never lets anyone outside the family know what he's thinking, so you must be family. A man that doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Saverin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh, on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Well, we talked about the Las Vegas Knights flipping picks and all that stuff. This deal just completed a couple of minutes ago. It didn't take long. Yeah, it didn't take long. Uh, you know, they woke up from their stupor out in Vegas, and here you go. Um, the Las Vegas Knights have traded Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who is the younger brother of James Van Riemsdyk. They took him in the expansion draft last night. For $5,000 in chips. <laughs> you need more than that. Um, uh, they traded Trevor Van Riensdyk to Carolina for a late second-round pick in this year's draft. Guess how Carolina got that late second-round pick? By trading Ron Hainsey to the ah. Penguins. So Trevor Van Riemsdyk was a Las Vegas Knight for 12 hours. He's now a Carolina Hurricane, and they used the pick that they got for Hainsey to make that deal. So you can see... That, I'm sh- that deal was done well before yeah. last night. But the truth of the matter is, they weren't allowed to turn around and trade anyone until this morning. Hmm. Why? I don't know. One other item as we transition to the Pirates, um, and that is that Francisco Cervelli is back on the seven-day concussion disabled list. They've recalled Jacob Stalling. Before we get to the bullpen, um, I... You know, they said that he was having symptoms, and I began to think. They said we were told before he was scratched the other flu-like. night, flu-like, flu-like symptoms. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, he just got off the seven-day concussion list. Hurdle said they're not going to make a move on any of the catchers because they want to see this, make sure Cervelli and or Stewart is okay. Now, 48 hours later, here he is. He's not available. Um, I don't even think he was with the club last night. And this morning, they put him on back on the seven-day concussion list. So the surprising thing is we know all about concussions, but they recalled Jacob Stallings for Cervelli again. And Hurdle so again, was twice in the last week, said he doesn't want to carry three catchers. No, so, so, so unless they have an issue with Stewart's hamstring, who, by the way, came up in crucial situations last night, hit into a double play. I mean, I don't know that Diaz would have done anything differently. I'm sure Diaz will catch today with an afternoon game, but why do they? Why would they recall Stallings again to have three catchers? Well, the Cervelli, if you think about it, he never played more than a hundred games with the Yankees. I mean, the first right. year with the Pirates was as healthy he has had, and you know he got busted for performance enhancing uh, uh, drugs at one point. So uh, you wonder if he needed them to try to stay healthy. The guy has just been. You talk about injury prone. Here's a guy who legitimately has not been able to, at a very tough position, 
other than that first year with the Pirates, been, been able to hang around a long time. So that, that's disturbing. And he looked very disappointed when he was coming in from the bullpen when he got scratched the other night. So whether he got some medical news that we're not privy to or not, I don't know. It just Unless they have issues with the Stewart. health of Stewart, who has, who has also the last year and a half had probably the guy's got two triples this year. And, He's thirty four. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and catchers are catchers. I mean, that's you know, that's you know, that that's you know, likely to happen. Um, uh, I just found it surprising that okay, so Cervelli obviously has lingering concussion symptoms. Okay, that's well, they want Diaz to happen. play every day. I mean, are they are there issues with him pitch framing or you know, uh, to me that's hits? Bull- you know, I I understand that they're quote in a race. Um, but and I know that Diaz is not going to hit 300. He's never hit higher than 262, I believe it is, in the minors. But I think you've got to begin transitioning here. And the problem is they've got such a financial commitment to Cervelli. If if, it, if it's me, I'm looking to move him. I'm looking to make a trade because I'm thinking, yes, I'm in a race. But am I really am I any worse off? With Elias Diaz catching than I am with Cervelli, no. his bat may be every bit as good. His defense is better than Cervelli's. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And you want to talk about financial commitment? I'll I'll transition you into your next topic. You're paying eighteen million dollars to three relievers who aren't doing crap in that bullpen right yeah. now. What looked like a strength at the beginning of this year is an absolute weakness. Unless it's Rivero, there's not a guy out there right now that you look forward to coming in. No, there's there's not one reliable arm out there. I know Nicasio's played well, but I don't trust him in that role. Uh, Teak brought up a very good point, uh, saying that we are used to seeing over the last five to six years, Tony Watson for a long time was the seventh inning guy, and you had Jared Hughes who would come in, and you had guys serving apprenticeships and then moved up. Let's remember Melanson was a setup guy. Grilly was a setup guy. Hanrahan, everybody moved up a step. In other words, they all had experience in their roles before they moved on to the next one. Watson has very little experience as a closer. We've seen that he can't get anybody out, although he got two outs last yeah, night. Yeah, he did a nice job there last night. You know, all things considered, I mean, frankly, I, this is this is pretty tough criticism. Um, frankly, with men on second and third, with Thames up, I'm looking for a strikeout there. That's all that. That's all that bum has done. Um, he has 29 strikeouts in the month. He struck out seven of nine times in his first. The first two games of the Pirates were there. All right, he got a ground ball. He brought home a run. I'm not criticizing him. You're looking for a strikeout there. Baby Hudson was starting to get it back, but this is a high leverage situation, and I don't blame Hurdle. I do blame him for not using Rivera when he had the chance in Baltimore. But you can't you can't bring in Rivero in the seventh inning. No, and then you and then you you bring him in in a game in which you got a four run lead. There's a night to set, to save him a little bit. Um, I I think the you bring up a good point about bringing him in in the seventh inning. Let's think about one of the reasons. In my opinion, Tony Watson is not as effective this can year. I, can I add his, one thing? Yeah, and I realize that that Rivero is it's not, your show. You can do whatever you want. No, okay. Well, it's our show for for this hour. Um, <laughs> I'm watching part, I'm flipping around, and, and the Cleveland-Baltimore game happened uh, to be on the MLB Network. So I'm watching some of that, and the Indians have a big lead, 5 to nothing. And Carrasco um, loads the base with nobody out in the seventh inning. They're up 5 nothing, and he gives up three singles. Okay, that's it, 100 pitches. He brings in Andrew Miller. In the seventh. And, as you might expect, he gets a weak tapper back to the mound and then strikes out the next two. Then he uses him in the eighth. 
um, because Francona says, this is the game right here. I get out of this, I'm going to win the game. Now the difference is that he can go to Cody Allen, who, not my favorite, but he's an accomplished closer. He's got someone to back it up. It's not Andrew Miller or nothing. So I don't think you can bring in Rivero. Now Andrew Miller won't be available to him today when they pit Buck. He said, I want this game. I'm up 5 nothing. I'm not going to have some tomato can blow it for me. It's not meant as a criticism of Hurdle in last night's circumstance. But go back to your point. Well, if you bring Rivero in and leave, and leave him line. in the ninth inning last Friday night, then he's not available Saturday, and maybe those guys come in and blow Saturday's game. If you're going to use that logic that Rivero's going to get those last outs if you bring him back out for the ninth inning against the Cubs on Friday. Just why? I just want him to pitch to Hayward well, and then take him out. And it's oh, the damn 10-pitch Addison-Russell at bat that screwed that right. up because he ended up throwing 21-22 pitches. But in the same game, Joe Madden used Wade Davis in a 30-pitch inning. Yeah. I want this game. The next night, they didn't need a closer. You never know what's going to happen right. the next night. Well, you, I, I always got to win today's game, and if you're short the next day, then you, then you, if you win the game before, you take your chances. But I do want to say that I think Tony Watson was so overused for a couple of years. There. You look at the innings pitched among relievers, or the amount of appearances may be more important than innings pitched, and I think it's part of the reason why he's lost a couple miles an hour yeah. velocity this year yeah. and why he hasn't been as effective. I don't think it's because he mentally can't be a closer. I think he really wanted this uh, opportunity, and I think if he had the stuff that he had two years ago, I think part of that reason has been overused. I know we're running short on time. This drove me crazy last night. I have to get this out. One of the things that drives me nuts about baseball today, Stan, is, and this is the this is the Brewers batting in the fourth inning. Aaron Perez hits a double. Keon Broxton, the former Pirate, comes up, and uh, he walks. He walks on a full count three-two pitch, and Perez breaks for third on the three-two pitch, totally forgetting that there's nobody on first. The Pirates screw it up by not being able to throw him out. They, the throw's down there. He's third, he's 10 feet from the bag, and somehow he stops and he gets a foot in, so they screw that up. But that's terrible base running. And then Broxton <laughs> steals second with the eight hitter up, so the, who they immediately, even with two strikes, walk intentionally to get to the pitcher and get out of the inning. If I am managing the Milwaukee Brewers, I am fining Broxton for stealing that base so that they can just walk the guy and get to the pitcher, and they got out of the inning. I just, I just watched some of this stuff, and does, does anybody learn anything before they get to the major leagues today? Well, what is the common denominator? You said it in the opening sentence. Keon Broxton, a former pirate. <laughs> so if you expect him... With his breeding in the pirate organization to know how to run the bases or think the game through, the, you're mistaken. Tom posts on Facebook, he said, Hurdle man- mangled the game last night, sat a hot catcher in Diaz, Stewart left six runners on base, failed to catch a pop-up, failed to even attempt to throw out a dead duck at second on a very short bunt. Hurdle did not use Nicasio Rivero. It was a mess. Well, I, I don't. What pop up did he fail to catch? That was on the other side of the screen. If it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, it hit it hit the net. And also, I would say I would say this: it's a day game before a night game. He's gonna have to play one of them. One of them's gonna have to play. I don't know what the splits were against the starting pitcher Guerra last night. If he had much experience with that, where I think the bullpen was mismanaged this year was leaving Watson the closer. That's where the real mismanagement came, and I'm not blaming Hurdle on that. That's an organizational thing. They wanted to build up his saves and his stats so they could get something for him in a trade later on, even though it was as plain as the nose on everybody's face that Rivero should have been pitching those ninth innings in May. Yeah, absolutely, and they were trying to protect his value. Now, 
Uh, and they don't want Rivera to pile up all kind of stats because he's arbitration eligible next year. Yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. Now, you're, unfortunately, Tony Watson's a good guy, but he's, he's sort of descended. I mean, he's not even a reliable setup guy. He's not even reliable generally in the seventh inning. Um, and now you can't – they were going to trade him, no question. Now you can't get a rosin bag for him. Uh, we'll get a rosin bag for you. I'm going to be on vacation next week. I will fill in fully next Thursday and Friday. You get all two hours to yourself. You Look can, fine. It won't be any fun. I can't argue with myself. You, know, you can call me any name you want. <laughs> Standing Guy brought to us by McDonald's. Thanks, Guy. All He'll right, be thanks, here Tim. next Thursday and Friday. When we come back, Rob King will talk more baseball and then back to the flower and the NHL awards. Uh, all that coming tomorrow. Jason Mackey of the Post-Gazette and uh, Matt Williamson on the Steelers. Thanks for joining us on Saverin on Sports. Back with Rob King and more Pirate Talk on Saverin on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.